We've been in a series about the heartbeat of what this is all about. Last week we heard from Pastor Phil, live stream. It was an incredible message about repentance and coming back to God. Repentance isn't a scary religious word. It's actually one of the best things we could ever be given from God. Repentance is simply to turn, just a 180 degree turn. And I don't feel like repentance is a one-off. I actually find that repentance in my life is daily. Come on, you ever feel like that? That's all right, just leave the pastor up here to be vulnerable, it's fine. We, 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 we need to repent all the time. And there's the first step of repentance in acknowledging Jesus as Lord and Saviour. But then every day I need to keep turning back because money will take my attention. People will take my attention. Selfish gain will take your attention. All sorts of things. Netflix will take your attention. Things will come to get your attention. And when that becomes bigger than God, the Bible calls it an idol. And anything that is an idol, that just means it's gone into first place above God. But we weren't made to worship money and we weren't made to worship the things that God created. We were made to worship the One who created them, Jesus, King of all kings, Lord of all lords. And when you get your worship in order, blessing flows. When you get your life in order, things that were once difficult start to work. When I get God in the right position, my relationships suddenly... There's order and there's peace where there's order. And if you're feeling stuck in conflict, I promise you, you might not even be able to find God, but if you will worship, He will find you. If you you will look to Him, He will find you where you're at. He won't leave you there, but He'll find you. And so that's our heartbeat. We wanna talk about this today. Today is about heart for the church. Can everyone say church? Come on, say it like boldly, church. Church is the ecclesia. The church is the body of Christ. Church is not a building. Church is a body. Church is not a place we go to. Church is who we are. So on Sunday, we gather as the church, but Monday through to Saturday, we scatter, but still as the church. So when you go to your place of work, even there, you are the church. Because the church is not a geographical place. The church is the people of God. And when you are in Christ, you are now part of the church. And you don't get to be part of the church because of anything you've done other than believing in Jesus. And that's what makes us a church. We wanna talk about that today. My prayer, this is my prayer. If you don't get anything, out of today, I pray you do. If you don't, I need to work at my preaching and get better. But I pray today of anything you get, it would be this, that we don't just attend church, that we be the church. The world is waiting, not for people who just attend church, it's waiting for people who are the church who are the church in every sphere, in every place, who are the church. And that's my prayer that we would be the church. Lord Jesus, we thank You for Your Word. Speak to us today. We wanna be the body of Christ. We wanna be a healthy body, a body that's active, that's alive, that's breathing, that's inhaling, that's exhaling, that has rhythm, a body that has movement, a body that Every part plays its part. A body that's free of comparison, 
free of gossip, free of anything, Lord Jesus, that would cause division. My Pastor Mick said that there would be such a blessing on us because of our unity as we are the body of Christ, the great church. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Amen. Can you thank Evangeline? You may be seated. If you've got your Bibles there, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 16, uh, verse 13 to 20. And we're just going to pick up a passage of Scripture here. And i got a lot of Scripture this morning, so I hope you're ready. Did you bring your Bible? Oh, come on, talk to me this morning. Did you bring your Bible? If you brought your Bible, if you brought your leather-bound Bible, get it out and shake it about like you just don't care. If you got it there, just let us see it. Yeah, yeah, just let us see it. Don't be shy. Okay, couple, couple. We're very much in the digital age. I understand. Come on, Pete Tracy, let's go. Leather-bound Bible, I love it. And so uh, if you didn't bring your Bible, don't sweat it. If you don't have one, that's fine. We have a big one on the screen for you right here so you can read along. But if you do, I encourage you, bring your Bible. It helps you own it. Bring a, bring a highlighter. You know, your Bible shouldn't be too neat. You know, let your Bible get messy. And uh, we have a, a lady in our church, her name's Katie, and she has a thing called Trash Your Bible. And we do believe in trash in that thing. And uh, not in a disrespectful way, but in a way of leaning into it and getting the most out of it. So we're gonna read on. And we're reading about a guy called Peter. Anyone heard of Peter? He was Simon, he becomes Peter. And we're reading this incredible conversation between uh, Jesus, the disciples, and in particular, Peter. Peter's the guy who always speaks up, you know, and he's the guy who who speaks to think. (laughs) Some people think and then speak. Peter's like speaks and then he thinks about what he just said. And so Peter here, he he is always speaking up, but right here, it works for him. Um, Two minutes later, it doesn't. And when Jesus says to him, you're Peter, you were Simon, you're now the rock we're gonna build our church on. Two minutes later, Peter does the same thing. He just speaks up, hey Jesus, speaks up. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. Okay, so Peter, Peter has an array of experiences, but here he is. And he's having this conversation. Jesus says to his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? Like he didn't know who he was. Like sometimes Jesus will ask you things that are really obvious that he already knows the answer to, but he'll ask you just to see what you say because what you say about Jesus is actually what really matters because it doesn't matter if I say something to you about Jesus, you need to taste and see for yourself that God is good. They replied, the disciples, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He says, cool, 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 cool. But what about you? He asked, who do you say that I am? Simon, Peter to be, answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, "Woo, Peter, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. Simon means reed. Peter means rock. He went from reed to rock because of a revelation of Jesus. Woo, that'll preach. And right there, he says, and I tell you, Peter, and on this rock, I will build my Church. It's true that Peter was the rock and he went from reed to rock, but it was also the rock of revelation. Jesus said, I will build my church on this revelation that of who Christ is. 
It's on the revelation of Jesus that this whole church builds. We don't build it on a person, we build it on Jesus. And so he says, I will build my church. He didn't say he'd build the golf club, although I do love golf. He didn't say he'd build any other club. He didn't say he'd build any other thing. Jesus, the only thing Jesus said he would build was his church. And the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Interesting that it says gates. I would have thought it said the the swords of Hades will not overcome it. Because you need to know that it's already final what's going to happen to the enemy. It's already done. He has no weapon that can overcome you. And I like the thought that if if it's the gates of hell, in fact, it's not that they are coming at us, it's that we are coming at the gates of hell and they won't prevail and we're going to beat down on those gates and we're going to kick them down and we're going to plunder hell and we're going to fill heaven. No weapon formed against me shall prosper, but not only no weapon formed, I am a weapon for the kingdom of heaven and I'm coming for you, devil, in this city. We're coming for you in the city of Sydney. We're coming for you and we're gonna take ground and territory that belongs to God and we're gonna take it back in every sphere, in politics, in any sphere. The kingdom of heaven will be established. This is the great south land of the Holy Spirit. Darkness will flee. Light will overcome. We're coming at the enemy. I don't want to sit back and just watch. I want to be a weapon in the hand of God. I want Him to form me, shape me, mould me, make me so I can be useful for the kingdom in Jesus' name. I'm sorry to be yelling so early, but I'm really excited. And then, and then read this, verse 19, it says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you, turn to your neighbour and say you. Whatever you, it doesn't say whatever God binds on earth. It says, whatever you bind on earth, that is good preaching. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Could it be while we are waiting on heaven, heaven is waiting on us? Could it be that if you are the church of Jesus Christ, you have the keys to the kingdom? You have keys to peace that surpasses all understanding. Come on, you have keys to the kingdom when you're part of the church. What you bound here, what you bind here is loosed in heaven. You have more authority than you realise when you're living for Jesus. But Jesus said, I will build my church. And I wanna give you three quick things that I believe as the church we need to be. Three things we need to be. Three things in Silverwater location we need to be. And I'm not talking about just what we do. I'm talking about who we are. Meaning that these three things aren't just kept for Sunday. They actually apply to my Monday as much as they do to my Sunday. So I got three things. First thing is that we are passionate about Jesus. Passionate about Jesus. Jesus. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, you will seek me and find me. Here's the condition. When you seek me with half of your heart. Oh, it's called heresy, everybody. With all your heart. 
You ever had a conversation with somebody? Wow. <laughs> Any humans in the room? Okay. Come on, talk to me. You ever had a conversation with somebody? Yeah. Have you ever had a conversation um, if you're married with your spouse? Yeah. Or, or just an individual? Yeah, Ash said sometimes we'll pray for him at the end. We, we, maybe if you're single, you're talking to somebody, just having a conversation. It would be very rude, but beyond rude, it would be just difficult to connect if while you're talking to somebody, you're doing something else. Stupid newspaper. I don't even know who reads the newspaper anyway. I do. You, you, you're trying to talk, they're, they're talking to you and you're like, uh-huh, mm-hmm, yep, uh-huh, closing the gap, branded a failure. Okay, mm-hmm, all right. I don't even know what that was, I was just reading the news here. CBD, ministers, minds, the public purse, and you're reading and they're trying to talk to you and you're looking at something else. Wouldn't that be really difficult to connect? Okay, okay, let's get more modern. Let's get more modern. Let's get more modern. Wouldn't it be really difficult to connect if you were sitting at the table trying to have dinner together and while you're trying to connect and talk, you're doing this? Mm-hmm, uh-huh, mm-hmm, uh-huh. Mm, yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yep, mm-hmm. That would make it really difficult to connect. You will find me when you seek for me with all your heart. The key to finding Jesus is to be all in. You can't discover the whole nature of God if you seek Him half-hearted. When we seek God, we seek whole-hearted, whole attention. When you come into worship, I want you to worship with all your passion. I want you to worship with all your heart. In this location, when we worship front to the back, left to the right, we lift our passion. We let our heart be fully engaged. The thing about it is when your heart is engaged, your mind follows, your body follows. Passion, passion comes alive. We're passionate about a lot of things, right? Like we're passionate about food. Thank you, Jesus. And some of you, when you sit down and eat food, you stand up and you sing and you shout and you dance. Hallelujah. I love pasta. That's what I do. Some of you step and you watch sport and you're like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. Some of you watch Netflix and you're clapping on your own at home. We get passionate about all sorts of things. Passionate about that new pair of shoes that arrive in the mail. Just some dopamine during the week with a new pair of shoes on the way. And then ASOS comes and Iconic comes and you, you are celebrating and you are having a party. Come on, how much more can we let our passion for Jesus be louder than our passion for the things of this world? Come on, let's not come into church like this. And some of us, we are, you are amazing the way you are generous, the way you worship. Some of us, we're like here and I love it. But I'm believing that we just go from here to here in Jesus' Name. And we would, we would find ourselves with a passionate expression of our worship for Jesus. Passion, letting it come alive. John 4.24 says, God is spirit and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. Pneuma means spirit, which means breath, the energy and passion of the Holy Spirit. These are the kind of worshippers God seeks. And it says, those who worship Him in truth, honest, 
real. Don't ever feel like you have to pretend. Don't ever feel like you have to be something you're not to be able to lift your hands and worship Jesus. Don't ever feel like you have to have had a perfect week or even a perfect five minutes ago getting to church. It does not matter. What matters is that you worship in spirit, with your heart, with your passion and in truth. Be real, be honest, stand in the presence of God and come boldly to the throne of grace and watch what God can do. Come on, if you're gonna clap, let's clap. And you know, like you read the Bible, you read the Bible and the Bible is very colourful. The Bible is not so solemn and boring. The Bible, the Bible is colourful. David said, I will be even more undignified than this. And I'm praying in 2020, while I'm on that front row worshipping Jesus, I'm going to be more undignified than I've ever been in Jesus' Name. David, if it was good enough for the King David, one of the greatest kings to worship basically in his underwear. <laughs> Don't do that. Come to church in clothes. Amen. But, but to, to worship undignified. The, the, read this in Psalm 98, 4 verse 9. It says, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Not a symbolic shout. You know, like, yes. Yes, I am now shouting. Internally, I am having a party. <laughs> I am high-fiving. I am dancing with Jesus. Mm. <laughs> no, no, shout, shout. It means, it means actually to shout. When God says shout, He means, get this, get this, and ah, Jesus, shout for joy to the Lord of the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with harp or electric guitar and the sound of singing, the sound of singing, not the thought of singing, not the reading of the words on the screen, the sound of singing with trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Shout for joy before the Lord, the King. Let the sea resound and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Can you imagine the river clapping its hand? Let, them, let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord for He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the people with equity. I gotta tell you, if you don't like worship, you're gonna hate heaven because heaven will be full of worship and the angels will be ridiculously worshipping Jesus every second. And we'll be eating food together, I pray in Jesus' Name. And we'll be playing golf, okay? And we'll be playing soccer and we'll be, not cricket, and we'll be doing all sorts of... <laughs> and singing worship to Jesus. And I pray, let it be as it is in heaven on earth. We don't have to wait to get to heaven to experience heaven. We can experience heaven here together every single week. I pray that we don't get familiar with Jesus. You know, when you're around something that's really good and it becomes normal, but once upon a time it wasn't, like the fact that Jesus forgives my sins is now a normal reality for me that if I repent and turn to Him, I'm forgiven. But once upon a time, that wasn't something I was aware of and I was living in sin, but now I'm living free because of Jesus. Let us never become familiar with God. 
I pray that we never become familiar with reaching other people for Jesus. Passionate about helping others know Jesus. Luke 19 says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Here's what I'm asking. This is what I'm asking. As a church, if you call this place home, this is what I'm asking of you. I'm asking in a year, 52 weeks, I'm asking you to give us two of the 52. Just give us two of the 52. You can have 50. Just give us two. Two Sundays a year where you are seated with somebody who's far from God, who doesn't know Jesus. Just two of the 52. Enjoy the 50. Have the best time ever. Be blessed, strengthened. But what I am asking is that you would prayerfully consider who's my two out of the 52. Who's the two that I'm gonna pray for and invite to church and bring with me. And I'm believing that as together, we turn our, our focus not to be inward, but be outward, that we're gonna find God can do incredible things. All you gotta do is believe and take steps of faith and watch what God can do. Give us two of the 52. And here, here every other Sunday, when we pray for people to receive Christ, I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. But on that Sunday, when we say bow your heads and close your eyes, you can leave one eye open just to see how things are going. On that Sunday, when you have somebody sitting with you, you have permission to open one eye. You have permission to be, you have permission to do whatever you're gonna do. Just give us two of the 52. Amen? Amen. The second thing, planted in community. As humans, we have a tendency to isolate. We do. We have a tendency to isolate. It says here in Hebrews 10, 24 to 25, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day, capital D, the day, the returning of Jesus approaching, not giving up meeting together. It's so important that we meet together. It's so important that you are connected. The reason is if you are isolated, you become an, an easy target for the enemy. If a predator, you know, animal, a lion, wanting to attack a herd, it'll look for the isolated individual. It'll look for the one that is disconnected from the pack. That lion's not gonna attack all of them. It'll get beat down but it will find the one who's by itself. So let's be the kind of place where we don't let anyone, but we connect with everyone and we create a room and a place for people that they can be together. Here's the thing about community. It's not, our connect groups are not another church service. They're a place where we're together. We pray, yes, we read the Bible, we talk, we eat food, but it's a place, the goal, whether you're, Walking dogs, where you're riding bikes, whether it's a couples group, whether it's single, whatever. One of the greatest goals of our connect groups is that we can take off the mask, be real, be authentic, say, hey, I'm struggling with this. I've been in connect groups and I've led groups and I've, I've had a group of people and I've said, hey, let's all share. You know, it's great what's happening. I, I can see all what's happening in your world, like on the external but, but how's, how's this? How's your heart? What's, what's happening in your world? And everybody around the circle would go like this. Yeah, everything's great. Yeah, awesome. Yep, good. Uh-huh. Yep, really good. Yeah, work, great. Mum, dad, awesome. Yep, 
Things good, money, yep. Next. Next person, yep, great, awesome, awesome, yeah, work, great, good, this, that, yep, great. Everybody, round the circle. And I remember going, okay. And the next week, hey guys, so how's, how's your soul? How's things? Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Everything's fine, everything's good. Dog's good, cat's good, bird's good, things are good. But it wasn't until we got vulnerable, so you know what? I'm having a tough time praying. I don't even know how to pray. Well, man, I find the Bible difficult. You know what? This is happening in my family and I'm feeling pretty confused. There's trust that is built in that state. Now, I'm not saying you have to tell everyone, but you do need to tell someone. We do need a group of people that we can do life together. That takes time. To be planted takes time. And being in community, we meet fortnightly as connect groups and we're doing life together so that we can, let's, let's come on church, let's take that mask off. Let's not feel like you gotta pretend your way through being in church. You gotta pretend that everything's fine. We can be real. We can encourage each other and spur one another on. But God can't bless who you pretend to be. God wants to bless the real you and He's given us community as a blessing to strengthen us as we move together. Last thought. How are you doing? You doing all right? Third thing I believe we need to be is persistent in our spiritual growth. Persistent in our spiritual growth. Philippians 3, 12 to 14 says, this is Paul talking, he says, not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. If it was good enough for Paul to keep taking steps, it's good enough for us. If it was good enough for the guy who wrote basically one third of the Bible, it's good enough for me. I never wanna get stuck and stagnant. Let's all keep taking steps. If you're here for your first time, there's a step for you. If you've been here for years, there is another step of growth for you. Now you don't have to just attend church, but you can be the church and a healthy body is a moving body. A healthy body is one that takes step. Now this is why we have our next step pathway. It is to prepare you to grow in God. It's four weeks. Week one, make C3 home. Week two, thrive. Week three, discover you. Week four, make a difference. It's a pathway to prepare you to grow. Maybe you're here and you know what? It's time to lead a connect group. That could be your step of growth. Maybe it's time to join a team. Maybe it's to bring that one or two people, the two out of the 52. What is your next step? All of us have a next step. All of us have a next step. There's not one person in this room who doesn't have a next step of growth. I'm praying that we would be persistent in our spiritual growth. If you're joining the team, we want you to keep growing. Sit one, serve one. We want healthy rhythms. 
so that being on team is achievable, accessible, really fun, where you would thrive, sit one, serve one. Jesus said this, My food is to do the will of Him who sent me and to finish His work. Purpose is like food for your soul. When you discover the reason God has made you and what He's put you on this planet to be, to do, to see, it becomes nutrition for your soul. He refreshes us, will be Himself refreshed. There's nothing like discovering purpose. So I pray that we would be the kind of people who are persistent in our spiritual. Number one, passionate about Jesus. Number two, planted in community. Number three, persistent in our spiritual growth. Why don't you bow your heads, close your eyes. Lord, thank You for every person in this room. God, thank You for Your love for us, for Your joy that we can share in. Thank You, Lord, that in this place, there's so much love, so much grace, so much forgiveness. Thank You, Lord, that in this environment, Lord, there is new beginnings. There's great freedom from the past, freedom for the future. Thank You, Lord, that in this place, God, we're not the people who are caught in, like Pastor Mick said, religion. We're, we're centred around a relationship with You and everything we do flows from knowing You, Lord Jesus. And we just pray in this moment for anybody, God, who needs a revelation of You. Lord, that first step from going to, from reed to rock, building our life like a reed that is shaky, going to Jesus who is the rock. Lord, thank You for new beginnings, new names, new identity here today. Thank You, Lord, You're changing identity. Lord, the identity of poverty is changing. It's being cast off people here today. The identity of depression, Lord Jesus, is freedom from that in Jesus' Name. The identity of guilt and shame, we thank You, Lord, that's cast off people here today. We thank You, Lord Jesus, anything that is a barrier that has a hold of us, we thank You in Your presence. There's great freedom. 